Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I'm Persuaded podcast. Thank you for tuning in with me each and every Friday to scripturally look at topics, look at questions, and to see what God's Word has to say about different issues that are going on in all of our lives. We have a series going on on the podcast where we take your questions and biblically we answer those questions. And so with that being said, if you have any questions about scripture or about what's going on in our world and how does that align with God's Word and what does God have to say about this issue or this topic, please email that to me or DM me or call me and just ask me that question so that we can address it on the podcast. And so with that being said, we're going to be for the next couple of weeks actually answering a question that was submitted and one that a lot of Christians probably have, but they have not asked this question. So the question is, what is the role of of the Holy Spirit, or who is the Holy Spirit, and what does he do in my life, and scripturally, who is he, and what's his purpose in and of the Christian faith, in and of ourselves as believers. And so a question that I hear often among Christians is, what is his role? What does he do? What role did the Holy Spirit play in the Old Testament? What role does the Holy Spirit play in the New Testament? Who is the Holy Spirit? And so I believe it is very important that we as Bible-believing Christians, that we understand the Trinity and the role that each person in the Trinity plays, especially in our salvation. So with that being said, I will be doing a few podcast episodes the next couple of weeks on the role and the ministries of the Holy Spirit. And I will try to answer all of the questions that one might have about the third person of the Trinity. For us to be fully persuaded that Jesus is able, we must understand all parts of the Godhead scripturally. And so we're going to look today at the Holy Spirit, specifically who is the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit or what did the Holy Spirit have to do in the Old Testament with Old Testament saints. So if you were to just Google who is the Holy Spirit or what is the role of the Holy Spirit, you're bound to get many off-the-wall answers. Even some Christians have skewed views of the Holy Ghost. And so honestly, there is a greater need today for careful attention to the biblical teachings on this subject of the Holy Ghost and his specific role inside of the Christian faith. The first thing we must understand about who the Holy Spirit is, is number one, he is a person. He is a person. And so this is one of those ideas that you must fully understand to understand the Holy Spirit, to understand the Holy Ghost. You have to understand he is a person. And so we're going to identify some of those characteristics or attributes of the Spirit, classifying him as a person. Some try to, to deny that the Holy Spirit is in fact a person. Some try to say that the Holy Ghost is nothing more than a personification of power, is in fact a person. He knows and searches the things of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 10 and 11 say this, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. This verse is very clear that the Spirit helps to reveal the deeper things of God. The Spirit that 
therefore has intelligence to understand the deep things of God, which helps us as humans to understand as the Spirit reveals them to us. That is why it's imperative that you pray before you study Scripture. That's why it's so important that you seek the face of the Lord and you seek the Holy Spirit's help and guidance as you study God's Word, because the Spirit will help and guide you through your study, because He and He alone can fully understand those deep, hard things of Scripture. Romans 8.27 says this, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So we'll look later on about the latter part of that verse in another episode. But the first part of this verse says, What is the mind of of the spirit. This verse is very clear that he has a mind. The spirit has a mind so he can understand intelligence. He can understand things. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 13 tells us that he's able to teach people. So scripture also teaches us that he can be grieved implying that he has feelings. And so by believers sinful actions, the spirit can be saddened because of our sin. If, we, if he was not a person in the Godhead, he would not have feelings and he could not be grieved. He desires for us to be obedient to the word and he is jealous over us when we are not. And so we see some characteristics here of the Holy Ghost that he can be grieved, he has a mind, he's able to teach people. And so he has intelligence and he can understand the deeper things of scripture. And so he's grieved when we sin. He's saddened when we sin. He's jealous over our time and our attention. Also, Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 11, it's clear that he directs the activities of Christians. In that passage, he told Paul in these verses that he was not allowed to preach the gospel in a certain area where Paul was at. In our lives, he is is an active friend working to direct us or to guide us in the Christian faith. This implies that he has a will and that he wants that will to be accomplished in the lives of of Christians. And the Holy Spirit possesses all of these attributes that we've briefly discussed, therefore indicating he must be a person, scripturally speaking. Far too often, Christians have a watered-down picture of the Spirit, possibly thinking he is a personification of power. If one holds to the teaching or the idea that the Holy Ghost is nothing more than a personification of power, then that downplays or waters down the picture that Scripture paints to us of who the Holy Ghost truly is. Is. While he is very powerful, and we'll look at that in a few moments, but that thought downplays who he is, who his character is, and who scripture paints him to be to us as believers. And so today we could say so much more about the Holy Spirit being a person, but for the sake of time, we're going to move on to number two, he is God. So not only is he is the spirit a person, but he is a unique person in the fact that he is also God. Proof of his deity also is proof of his personality. They kind of go hand in hand in some ways. For example, if God is a person, which he is, by the way, and if the spirit is also God, which he is, then he is a person also. And so there is different proofs through scripture that the Holy Ghost is, in fact, God in his deity. So we're going to look at some of those right now. Number one, we see his deity in his names. We see his deity in his names. 
In fact, 16 times in Scripture, he is referred to by the name of the other two persons of the Trinity. For example, Acts chapter 16, he is called the Spirit of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he is called the Spirit of God. Also, before Jesus was about to ascend to the Father, after his resurrection, he promised the disciples that he would soon send another helper. The Greek word that Jesus used there for another simply means another of the same kind. In other words, if Christ is God, then the Spirit the other helper of the same kind is also God. So if Christ is God, which he is, and he's promising to send another one like him, another helper, then the helper is God as well. Hope that makes sense and it's not too confusing. But we know from studying the life of Christ that Christ is fully God and fully man. So when we look at scripture, Jesus classifies the spirit as the same as him, meaning he is equal in deity as well with Jesus and with the Father. Secondly, we see his divine attributes from the Spirit. We see divine attributes from the Spirit. Just as we seen with his personality, the Spirit has attributes that only God himself can possess. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3 and 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12 claim that the Spirit is all-knowing. A mere human cannot assume the attribute of being all-knowing. That is only a characteristic of God himself. And since the Scripture is clear that the Holy Spirit is all-knowing, he must be God as well. He also is omnipresent. Psalm 130, 139 verse 7 tells us this. He is everywhere at the same time, also another attribute that only God can assume. You and I, we cannot be everywhere at the same time. We can't even be in two places at the same time. But scripture is clear that God can be everywhere at the same time. Satan himself cannot even assume that role or assume that title of being omnipresent. Only God can do that. Therefore, making the Holy Spirit God in his deity. He is also omnipotent, meaning he has unlimited power to do anything. God is all powerful and the Holy Spirit, we especially see that in his act of creation, is all powerful as well. Job 33 and verse 4 and Psalm 104 and verse 30 gives us the insight that the Holy Spirit is all powerful. Again, making him share attributes of that that only God can obtain. We see him being all powerful in his work in creation. All three parts of the Godhead had a part to do in creation. The third aspect or the scriptural proof that the Holy Spirit is God in his deity comes from his actions. His actions prove his deity. As we study the scripture, we see a few different actions of the Holy Spirit, and these actions are isolated to only God being able to perform these. And if scripture states that the Holy Spirit performed them, then he is God. For example, he was the cause of the virgin birth in Luke chapter 1 verse 35. The Bible says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The virgin birth happened because the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. 
something that only God could do. This is how Jesus was half God and half man. He was born of a woman, but was not conceived of man. He was conceived of the Holy Ghost, therefore making Jesus the God-man. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21 gives us another action of the Holy Spirit. It says, For prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So in other words, Scripture was written by the Holy Spirit. He was the one that moved the pen of the writers, and if the Bible is God's Word, which it is, and the Holy Spirit did the writing of God's Word, he must be God in deity. He also had a part to play in creation, as we said earlier. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He had a part in something that God could only do, and that was assist in creation. As all three parts of the Godhead had a specific task in creating everything, we see that the Holy Spirit had a specific task in that as well, and that he is deity in performing actions in creation. A question that many people have is, what was the Holy Spirit doing during the Old Testament, or was the Holy Spirit just significant in the New Testament? Well, as we just looked at many of his actions, some of those actions happened in the Old Testament. For example, the creation of the world. And so we definitely know that he assisted in creation, but a lot of people wonder what was his role in the Old Testament? Because he plays such a vital role in the church today, but you do not see the Holy Spirit having as many ministries in the Old Testament. And so it's no new fact that the Holy Spirit had different roles or different ministries in the Old Testament than he does today in the life of the church or in the life of the New Testament. But to discuss the specific roles the Holy Spirit played in the Old Testament, we must look at the different references to the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. And there are approximately 100 different references to the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. And these give evidence of his working during that period of time. Some try to disprove that these references References in the Old Testament are in fact the same spirit as the New Testament. Some claim that they are just a reference for God the Father or Jesus the Son. But looking at specific verses, it is fairly clear, I believe, that it is speaking of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost. And the New Testament truly helps us to back up those claims from the Old Testament. For example, many people before the New Testament thought that the scriptures were written directly from God as he is the one that moved the pen. Now, God, it is God's word, but we've already looked at the verse in the New Testament that reveals to us that the Holy Spirit is the one that moved the pen of the writers to write the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments. So even the Old Testament clarifies how the prophets spoke. They spoke through the Spirit. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 2 and Micah 3 8 clarifies that teaching for us that the Spirit came upon them and they spoke through the Spirit. So a question that people often ask is how the Spirit interacted with people in the Old Testament because he's so vital in our life today as New Testament Christians. So clearly it's different since the day of Pentecost, but he still had a part to play in the lives of Old Testament saints. He worked differently in the Old Testament. One that is clear now is that he indwells inside of every believer. That is something that is new to the New Testament. 
But then he was only in or on certain people in the Old Testament, and that was just for a short time. Genesis chapter 41, verse 38, Pharaoh states that he was in Joseph. The spirit at one time was with Joshua or in Joshua. The spirit was with Daniel. In fact, an in-depth study of the Hebrew words that are used regarding the spirit with these three individuals indicate that he was in them. But other times, the Hebrew word indicates that he was on people. So on others, he would just move on and off, such as Saul. The scripture claims that the spirit left him, uh, departed from Saul, and went on to David for a time. He worked in the Old Testament partially with particular people, but his main ministry as we understand it, as we understand him working in the Old Testament, was not so much with individuals, but as with the whole. And so God the Father dealt mainly with the nation of Israel, and so did the Spirit of God during the Old Testament. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 20 and Isaiah 63, these passages indicate that the Spirit guided the nation of Israel. Yes, there were unbelievers mixed in with believers, but nevertheless, the Spirit guided them as to where they should go as a nation and what moves they should make as a nation. His ministry in the Old Testament was limited to that of the New Testament. I mean, we find no indications that he convicted and dwelt or long-term empowerment. He, in fact, was not baptizing individuals or regenerating individuals in the Old Testament. All of that came after Pentecost, which we'll look at in another episode. His work in the Old Testament was clearly present, just not as many ministries ministries as he has now. But nevertheless, he was still present in the Old Testament despite what many people choose to believe. Scripture clearly points to the fact that the Holy Spirit was around and working during the Old Testament. There's so much more for us to say about the ministry and the role of the Holy Spirit. I feel like we have barely scratched the surface, and especially once we get into the roles and the attributes and the characteristics of the Holy Spirit in the life of a New Testament believer, we really will go deep and find some great truths about the Holy Spirit. So I pray these next few episodes are truly helpful to you and help persuade you that He is able and He's working in your life and that He can be trusted. I cannot wait until we get to to go to the episode explaining the role of the Spirit today. Those truths are bound to encourage you as they have me. And understanding the Holy Spirit helps you understand God and His Word. So today let's leave with this. Knowing that the Holy Spirit truly is one part of the Trinity. He is a person just like God and just like the Son. But he's also fully God in his deity. Meaning that him and God are one. Him and the Son are one. They're equal in their deity. And actions that the Holy Spirit has done are actions that only can be given to God. And so there are truths about the Holy Spirit that they're going to encourage you. They're going to strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. And so understanding who the Holy Spirit is helps you understand God and his word. So this is a topic that we, the church, need to understand today more than ever. So thank you for joining us. Have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.